Hello, hello, and welcome back to Down the Yellow Brick Pod and a happy holiday season. If you are looking to treat the Oz fan in your life or your own inner child, venture on over to our Etsy swag shop at etsy.com slash shop slash down the YBP, where we just dropped our new wintry designs, including a feminists and pets of Oz line, along with an Ozaturgy dictionary definition design for all folks like us who wish this was their major in college. Consider shopping small and supporting independent artists in your purchases this holiday season. It matters immensely. Also, it's not too late to enter our end of the season giveaway. Entries are open until Sunday, December 19th. Enter by submitting an Apple podcast rate and review for one entry or joining our Patreon pod squad for 10 entries at any tier. Bonus entries may be earned by followers of the IG. Keep an eye out. Giveaway includes Oz collectibles and new trinkets and treasures repping our season of musical adaptations and treasures by fellow independent artists. We hope the winner is you. Hello, friend. You are listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, an all things Wizard of Oz podcast that will take you over the rainbow and down a yellow brick rabbit hole as we pull back the curtain on American culture's most visited fairyland. We are your hosts, Tara and MK, the royal revisionists of Oz and roommates in Queens, New York, here to preserve the rustic emeralds of yesteryear and reimagine an Oz for today and future generations. This season, we will be deep diving with the melodies of the many musical adaptations of L. Frank Baum's original Oz book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, taking up residency in the 1939 classic MGM film, as well as the 70s super soul hit, The Wiz. Visit our Insta at Down the Yellow Brick Pod for an accompanying scrapbook and fave space to connect, as well as our Patreon community where we continue the escapism and entertainment with Tiny Oz concerts, acoustic coffee shop covers and mashups, not sponsored by NPR, and other good witchy perks for each Patreon tier. Our Patreons are truly our MVPs. Consider joining our Oz fam today, it would truly make our day. May the world of Oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years, nostalgic and nuanced, and a magical refuge where two gals and queens can cross yellow brick roads with wonders like you. Zoe O'Halen Byrne is a lifelong Oz fan and performer. Therefore, it's no surprise that her two passions have intersected many times over the years. She has appeared in numerous stage productions of The Wizard of Oz, including the infamous Muni adaptation. Her obsession with all things Oz and theater has also led her to collect numerous production programs and conduct hours upon hours of research that has proven useless until this very moment. We are so lucky, Zoe. In the world of Oz, Zoe is perhaps better known as the Scarecrow or the Wicked Witch than as herself. She is the founder and executive director of The Spirit of Oz, a costumed character troupe that tours the country visiting Oz and family-themed events, as well as schools, libraries, and children's hospitals. 
Zoe is also a co-host of the International Wizard of Oz Club's Oz Talk, which can be found on YouTube. Joey is a New York City-based stage manager and licensed real estate agent. He grew up in the heart of Central Texas around farms with storm cellars, cyclones, and a little dog too, so it's no wonder he connected with the story of Dorothy Gale. As a child, he first discovered Oz through the MGM film, but in time found his way to the books, reading all of Baum's Oz books thanks to his grandmother and a library card, and then the International Wizard of Oz Club. Joey also fell in love with the theater, writing and directing his own adaptation of Oz in the second grade as the school play. He loves to see any Oz stage production he can find and collect souvenir programs and playbills of Oz productions around the world and across the decades. As a stage manager, Joey has worked in the New York City Company of Jersey Boys, as well as many new works and developmental pieces, concerts, cabarets, and live events, and with a wide list of local and internationally known drag artists. Don't forget, Joey is also a real estate agent affiliated with Triple Mint. So if you are looking for an apartment in New York City, or just to talk more about Oz, you can find him on Instagram at joeypnyc. Now it is time for some Madison Square Garden. Joey has... <laughs> Three All three souvenir programs. programs spread across. Zoe, Zoe has one. I have two. I have Zoe everyone but Lillian, and and they Lillian. never made. They never made a Joanne. They, they did not. Here's my Lillian Montevecchi. So I believe wow. I have Joanne's friends. I have Joanne's. Yeah, no, they just. It has the insert. Yeah, I have Lillian's. It's a no. Yeah, it's the Lillian. I have the Joanne insert in the Lillian program. Oh, wow. With now, Eartha? With Eartha? Oh, no, it's Lillian on the program. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's Lillian on the program with the Joanne insert. Because Lillian oh, has, like, the weirdest, like, it looks like a Halloween store witch hat, whereas Eartha's has more of the, like, artsy, twirly sheer. Yeah. I like, gorgeous. I feel like they took Lillian's photos when they didn't have her costume done. I think mine is Eartha, correct? No, that, that's Lillian. That's Lillian. Oh, Lillian. I am confused Lillian. because Eartha is everywhere inside the program. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't they think only really changed photos. the cover. I don't, I... They changed the cover. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they didn't take all new stage photos, which funny, um, if you look at the, I have the Roseanne one here. The Roseanne I was just going to say. Take, they did not take new production photos. <laughs> These are Paper Mill Playhouse production <gasps> photos. What? But... Um, Jessica's face very badly photoshopped in <gasps> onto Kelly Robke's body, <gasps> so you can kind of see like they just photoshopped Jessica's head oh. onto Kelly Robke. Y'all, I did, and it's not well done. I didn't no. know it was all photoshopped. That's hilarious. Do they know this? They have to. Know I know. This. Does Kelly Robke? Does Kelly Robke? It's all hazy. Like it's hazy around her oh, when you she... can tell. Uh, oh, too you, far over. Ah, where is oh, she? You, I can't. The same one. Oh, the, the, it's really obvious of her here with Glenda. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Now the title page does have a promo photo of just Jessica. And then the back cover is a promo photo of her and Roseanne. Yeah. That is hilarious. Okay. Yeah, so Roseanne's also chopped into pictures. So my friends who are one. listening, 
just to know what we're looking at the souvenir programs, they made various different programs, changing the cover often, but not so much the inner contents we will note going forward. So there's probably an MSG specific one that came with the Roseanne production. But then once it was Eartha Kit, the inside of the playbill, the souvenir program stayed Eartha Kit, but the the first, um, this, this, um, logo photo, I guess we should say, this is like the photo that's associated with this production is always whoever's playing the wizard <laughs> next to the witch, both Looking of them. At- this is a choice y'all. Yeah. They're together. Both of them because they're, the, it's only because they're right. the stars. Of course. They're the known stars. But plot wise. The plot wise, this <laughs> is very interesting <laughs> to have the wizard and wicked witch teaming up. They're over a crystal that gives ball. It an ominous tone. And then we have the inside the crystal ball, the Photoshop <laughs> work of our Fab Four, um, and a stuffed Toto in a basket is what it looks like. Yep. Um, but there was, of course, a live Toto used in these productions yes. with the swirly yellow brick in the back, a little bit of a rainbow being seen. The witch has some excellent um, manicured red fingernails. Pierce eye makeup. Yes. So this keeps altering. So we <sighs> so we are confirming that who was the witch that never got the Never got this. Joanne Worley. Joanne Worley. never got her own photo. Never got this treatment of being the the face of the souvenir program. Joanne, we feel for you. We feel for you. Um, But Eartha did. She was just the last few months, if I'm remembering correctly. You're right. Yeah, before they decided to close the tour. Right. 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 Which I I didn't. I didn't know this, friends. That all these things were photoshopped. I cannot believe this is photoshopped. I mean, I can, but I'm shocked. Yeah, so the version you have, they've probably upped it. Yeah, so you have the Lillian version, so they have the actual photos of the tour. But that makes sense. The tour is better. The MSG ones is that's the MSG one is Photoshop land. Yeah, and there's some photos where they've you can tell that they've intentionally made the whole picture low res to make the insert of less jarring. There's one of her going down the Yellowbrook Road in Munchkin Land, and they put like a motion blur on her so you can't see how bad everybody. I am here for that. That is nuts. I am here. Like she's got like a glow. You can see where they've like save money. Oh my god! We have to remember this: the 1997 one, Roseanne, only ran for like two months. Yeah, so performances. Yeah, so to have this done to sell because the merchandise and marketing was insane we'll talk in a moment they had to use the paper mill photos and do that very yeah. fast yeah that photoshop job They're yeah like, just the same as yeah the pictures that eartha ha- of what she's wearing eartha's costume in the program is not the one she ended up wearing through most of the tour no oh <laughs> they have her in a replica of roseanne's dress but then she wanted one that was more fit to her so they ended up designing a new version of the dress that had like sheer sleeves and it was like a breakaway cutaway skirt in the front and she had the legs. leggings and yeah. <laughs> but as I said last time, there are videos on YouTube of like the, the tour behind the scenes, home videos of rehearsals and put-ins yeah. and, and clips. And you see some of Eartha working the stage in those leggings. <laughs> I love Eartha so much. It was basically a Catwoman suit with the witch hat. With a cape. Yeah. 
So just before we get into all these iconic humans who step into this production, just to presence a little bit about this MSG, remember our paper mill time that we were talking about the artistic director, Robert Johansson, he would remount this. So he's the genius creative behind this MSG production. And like we said earlier, it opened in May, 1997, 48 performances, but it also is 90 minutes, 90 minutes, no intermission, intermission, baby. Let's get through this story. So any, before we get into it, any notable changes that we want to talk about with this version, with the script? I We talked about last episode, we, we were sharing like M's dream come, comes true at the ending of this musical because they kind of do this montage lines coming back, swirl to Thank get us you. back to Kansas at the end and then go back to not the rescue team on the farm, but we go back to them being in the little house scene. So we noted that that's probably one of the most significant changes mm-hmm. that this Madison Square Garden made but anything we want to throw on the table well no lullaby league no lullaby league cut mm-hmm. oh yeah that's right no point shoes Sad. No i mean they point shoes. a lot of things got the axe because like we said earlier they cut it to be a 90 minute show and so, the movie is 120 minutes so we're we're knocking like a yeah, half an hour, hour off of the movie. Oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot to say this, but with the Jewel concert, the Lollipop Guild and Lullaby League were one of my favorite parts. I totally forgot to say that. <laughs> one of the best um, parts like the to me of the show. The beatboxing for the, lolly, uh, the Lollipop Guild. And then these sweet little ballerina girls who come out who look so nervous. Their moms were like, get it together. <laughs> who look so, so nervous coming out to do the Lullaby League because it's a beautifully that's a, choreographed that's a piece. Big moment. They're on point shoes. Forgot yeah. to mention that that happened. But, but yeah, <laughs> yeah this no my league. Mm-hmm. Um, the cuts for MSG are interesting because it basically made the show a highlight show. It's right. like yeah. we're going to give you your most favorite lines and then just keep going very quickly. Um, I think Scarecrow was the show. only one who got the opening verse to their song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, right. But they did move the when all the world is a hopeless jumble verse they didn't let dorothy have it but glenda sings it on her final entrance it's the delirious escape moment yeah her singing it to dorothy like when all the world and she's like uh, remember the song you sang but you didn't sing this part you know <laughs> I don't yeah that. i guess i don't that's mind interesting that. And I then the um heard Judy do something like that with that Lux radio. Like I really wanted Oh, that would have been so the, cool. The verse intro. I, that's my favorite. I know we have then, that one recording of her on the verse intro, but I mm-hmm. her voice sounds so good on that. Yep. And also with this production, no intermission. So yeah. yep. Um yeah. optimistic voices brings us right intact too, with no stop. And then um Jitterbug was not in the 1997 production. Right. Mm. Right. No, it was not added for Roseanne, Yeah, Roseanne did not. We did not. They, they saw Roseanne sing the national anthem and they're like, no. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't even know what Stop. to do about Roseanne. But how about, friends, since you have the, the programs from the original production, would you mind sharing cast members in that production um, mm. in our notable roles? I would love. Here's the thing. I I'm always here for the person who is playing the tree. Right. I'm here Leave for that tree, person. Baby. I am you. I understand. <laughs> um, but just to keep for time's sake, let's keep it to our principal performers. If there's any notable people in the ensemble though that were like, oh, I recognize that name. Go for yeah. It. Um, well, I mean, Roseanne gets top billing. 
So yes, that's yeah. And what is applause? What does her bio say? Let's read Roseanne's bio. Oh, okay. Is, all like, right, here we go. Favorite favorite part. This is our favorite. Where is he? Oh yeah, they're all alphabetical except for her. No, actually, they're not alphabetical. Never mind. I lied. Anyway, <laughs> Roseanne, Wicked Witch of the West slash Elmira Gulch is making her stage debut as the Wicked Witch of the West Thank in you. the stage version of The Wizard of Oz. While the ubiquitous performer is no stranger to performing in a live setting, this role will allow her to recapture the immediacy of a live audience. From her groundbreaking self-titled ABC television series, Roseanne has emerged as one of the most unique and visionary voices in her medium. Winner of the 1993 Emmy Award for Best Actress, two Golden Globe Awards, and an American Comedy Award, Roseanne has redefined television and its portrayal of women and family life. The television show will finish its ninth year run in nine, ninth year run in May. Roseanne, who resides in Los Angeles, is married and has five children. Oh, I never you. knew she had that many kids. Me I didn't know that either. And her her picture next to her bio is like she's witch and she's got her witch hands, but then she's giving like the sly like. Uh, oh my god. Like the hi, I'm TV's Roseanne. I'm like, TV's Roseanne. Exactly. That's the best way to put this- it. Like. Watching clips of her yeah. do this, the entrance applause for her is not. People are going crazy. She gets like yeah. exit applause, entrance applause like because every time. She is in your house every single yeah. week. People were freaking yeah. out. Making you laugh. Yep. At the top of her game near, here, she had not had any like, I don't know, what was it? What did she claim? Lunesta? It was no like sleep pill induced racism had not. That right. Right. Yeah. Lunesta not game hadn't happened yet. I know what you're talking about. I believe yeah. this is actually something just to point out because it's. It's almost sadly funny. Um, it was a tweet, right? It was a tweet. She had so many. I mean, she also like said the Parkland shooting didn't happen. Like she has been a meh. Yeah. Yeah. In recent, in recent times. Um, I mean, she was an open supporter of Donald Trump yeah. as well. Right. Um, but the big thing was it was um, ambient. Uh, she- ambient. That's what it was said something despicably racist about one of the senior advisors to former president Obama, um, Valerie Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And it was, this is all tweets too, just to right? put it out Isn't there. Like she's yeah. a very controversial tweeter. tweeter. Um, but she blamed it on being on sleeping medication and uh. Uh, Ambien was, uh, I mean, Ambien, <laughs> I want to like bow down to them for this being like Ambien gate. <laughs> racism is a not known side effect i was gonna say that's what they said Ambien in makes a you public racist? statement they said racism is not a known side effect i applaud them for that Ambien? yeah thank you for that's saying fired. what everyone was thinking that there's no connection there's no connection None. um so she i mean she is in the canceled land like i would say she's roseanne in, the show she, got canceled, she right? moved from oz to canceled no the show did she, not get canceled. She got, she got, she got canceled. She got but killed off. But they kept then. calling yeah. it Roseanne. No, it's because no, it's, the, no, Connors. It's the Connors. The Connors. The Connors, last name. right? So that's hilarious. I mean, the fact that she got taken away from her own show oh. that she's being so celebrated in in this moment in time. Wow. Yeah. So oh. that what it's sad because it's like here we're witnessing a woman at the top of her game who's right. like I'm doing so much for women Eek. who are working moms uh. in middle class blue collar backgrounds which right. that's why people loved roseanne because yeah. you did not see that kind of representation oh yeah my family watched it oh we were time. obsessed it made and us shout laugh. out john goodman aunt jackie I mean, come on I mean, yeah. yeah and like not not to like try and excuse roseanne at all because you know i 
she had a big fall from grace. My family loved her growing up because she yeah. represented us basically. Right. Um, as I understand it, Roseanne had a traumatic head injury somewhere in the late 2000s. Really? And a lot of her friends and family have Thank publicly spoken like she's been a completely different person okay. since mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, again, that doesn't yeah, excuse like, what she did, but it does explain this explain. Like, Perhaps major so. shift in gears. Yeah. It's wild. She It feels like she flipped a switch, that. which, wow, that is... That's it. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I did not know that it's just kind of like controversial thing after controversial thing. I mean, the funniest thing to me is the top of her like Wikipedia breakdown is she's an American actress, comedian, writer, producer, (gasps) and presidential candidate. Cause Oh, don't you forget that she ran for president. And she says now in 2012, she says, now I keep writing my name in until I win. That's not (laughs) how we win president. You know, sometimes. Okay, Roseanne. Great. Okay. That's where she's at. Now. Do you? But she's interesting. She's sixty nine now. Um, so she's in like you know she's entering her like elder chapters of right. of life. So she's in her retired phase. But but she was a huge deal at the time. Like, but the this was yeah. exciting. The Star Spangled Banner <laughs> incident did happen prior to this. <laughs> that was her first real controversial thing. I mean, I've never. I think I watched it forever ago. I haven't rewatched it. It's her so- defense, I actually kind of believe on it. I think she saw red. I do think she saw red and she went, she went into comedy. Like I'm going to be a baseball player grabbing my crotch while singing this song and not thinking that is beyond that offensive, is very offensive with mm-hmm. the national anthem. Like I think, I, can't watch it. I so think crazy. a screw went loose and she thought she was being funny and it just was. It's like the, the uh, Ashley Simpson on SNL when she, but it's that like knee-jerk reaction where you're like you got to do something i guess i'll do a hoedown she (laughs) she thought i think she was she said she looked in the dugout she went she didn't know what was happening she looked in the dugout saw baseball players and just started to pretend to be one i i get it i hear her defense still like wrong choice just own up that it was it's the only thing that is notable about like when she has these controversies she really doesn't apologize it's like just no. own up that you messed up. And just where say, was I'm sorry. this? What game was this for? Uh huh. Oh, it was July yeah. 1990. So this is a long time ago. San Diego Padres <laughs> and Cincinnati Reds at Jack Murphy Ooh. Stadium. Off key. Wow. Girl. Her rehearsal though apparently was not bad. <laughs> she does. She's not red. She couldn't hear herself over the echo. Oh, Mariah. That's a Mariah moment. I know. I would, which that is I would hard. Say- you know, it yeah. goes back to, she saw red. She saw the reds. Right. And she just... saw the reds. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. She, said, she was fine until she saw the reds and then she had to grab her crotch and say. <laughs> she also tried to, I think, redeem herself in a Comedy Central roast in 2012 with this, which it was not too soon anymore. So she, I think she was able to kind of redeem herself I respect that. in that. But then after that, it's like, it's like when her like whole image started to get really Well, wacky. when the president, George H.W. Bush, calls you out. Well, no, honestly, I'm like, I would I actually want to be called out probably by I George H.W. Bush. Yeah, um, that's... I mean, he said he this was disgraceful right? Um, nationally after she did this. Yeah, I mean, is, that's not going to help your that's image. Not, that doesn't help the president saying that, even if it is George even, Dubs. Exactly. Um, Shamed racist Roseanne as the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, <laughs> yes. Then we have Ken Page as the Cowardly Lion, which yes. he was no stranger to the role, because if I'm not mistaken, he was the lion in The Wiz at one yeah. point. Yes, he was a yeah, replacement. on Broadway, yes. And uh, Lara Teeter as the Scarecrow, who we previously Ooh. talked about having played the role at the Civic Light Opera with at, in Long Beach with Kathy Rigby. 
Mm-hmm. Michael Gruber as the Tin Man, who I believe rose to fame in Cats. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Jerry. Jerry Vici as the Wizard of Oz, another wizard who gets dethroned by a bigger name. He's later replaced yeah. by Rooney. Mickey Rooney. The touring production. Got and Judith McCauley reprising or she reprising, is. depending on how you like to pronounce it, the role of <laughs> what is And then you have all the ensemble and everyone else, the dog and all. And then at the very bottom, you get an introducing Jessica Grove as Dorothy. And introducing. Uh, what a little legend. Oh, and of course, is. you get a giant Tams Whitmark copyright notice because yes Tams Whitmark is the Walmart of Wizard of Oz stage productions you're so funny I love that you notice it everywhere we can't handle I will just point out Tams Whitmark everywhere Tams like if this was cinema sins I would put a sin up every time I see Tams Whitmark yes (laughs) well we we have to redo Judith McCauley's bio because just the first line it's fantastic here's the first line just the first line I'm, I'm adding this to my future bios one of the finest singing actresses on the stage today. <laughs> One of the Judith finest. McCauley. And humblest. I'm so <laughs> humble. I'm so humble. It harkens back to bios of the 50s and 60s. Right. Yep. Greatest rendition it's of very classic. you'll ever hear. Oh my gosh. I was like, everyone just has to have their like claim, but maybe they were like legacy, legacy. Let's yeah. just say it here. Just say no it one- here. No one will be able to fact they check hit, this. Who lives, who dies, who <laughs> tells your story. It's very true. I will yes. say I have the best rendition of Over the Rainbow. And people will. will, oh, will my know. gosh. <laughs> Jessica Grove, all the love to her. She was 16? Yeah. Yeah. 15. Ohio, 15? From 15. Ohio. She was 16 on the tour. So her first year was 15. Yeah. Just like went to an open casting call from what she I understand. Is a, she's a theater kid too. She's been doing. Right theater her whole life it feels like she did the national tour of oliver oh cool prior wow and she was also um yeah new york new york debut as flora in the turn of the screw at the manhattan school of music oh wow she traveled with oliver um she was doing stage readings at the time of jane Eyre. so she she's and then it looks like we're listing her children's theater credits after that (laughs) but she probably did from her home state of columbus uh, from her home city of columbus ohio right yeah, little sweet Jessica Grove, who recently, as we've talked about before, reprised her role as a now 38-year-old, I believe, 38-39-year-old at Pittsburgh CLO in her original costume. And, and she's gone on to... It's a hate crime, but she's still... We will, it and we will shout out yeah. the Oz Talk that Zoe is a member of did an awesome... It wasn't for Oz Talk or was it for another festival? It was, it was for the, uh, the national convention that national she was interviewing. Amazing. So there cool. was an amazing interview done with um, Tori and Ryan from Oz Talk mm-hmm. for the convention with Jessica Grove that is lovely about her revisiting the role after all this time, a mom herself, finding yes. a new key for Somewhere Over the Rainbow, too. She found oh, a new key that felt better I for her in this time in her life and her voice. Um, and just kind of raving about her castmates and also seeing, I think she has a moment where she saw Red because there's <laughs> little there was little changes. I mean, that the production... That product, this is called Seeing Red. The, uh, mm-hmm. This was Ravazza. Yeah. I think they had a, a different change that she was used to um, at the end. Oh, yeah. And she went into 
the wrong version for her first performance because she it's in her body in her sure. body like still in her body because she did this That's for wild. years she did this tour for she did msg on the tour for like two years of her life right um yeah she did some revivals of this i wonder if she did any revivals prior because kelly rapke talked to us about this she did yeah. a lot of other regional productions like yeah. walnut street yeah. after paper mill so I wonder if that happened to Jessica too, where she also would do it again. Probably. But yeah, she's I'm not sure. Right back into what she did when she was a kid. And that she's makes like, sense. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so wild. Because they didn't get to tech it. That was what it was. They didn't get to oh, tech it. My so gosh. they they ha- they left it for this like final dress or first preview kind of a thing. That's stressful. For them to just do on the fly. And she went back into what she used to know. Isn't that, that is very stressful? The body knows though. The, the body's body like, knows. You never did this, but we know this version. We're going to do this. <laughs> I really love her. I love her career. Les Mis on Broadway. Yes. A little night music. Um, she was well, also she in did. the Oz-inspired show Was. Yes. Yes. She, yes, yeah. yes, she was. Yes. yes. We heard about Was. She was Little Mermaid at like Tuts and Paper Re- Mill. Great regional I mean, she's done so much. I and actually saw her. Show. Yeah. I saw her in the uh, the roundabout revival of Sunday in the Park with George at Studio 54. Oh. And I'm. I'm not one that like does the autograph thing at stage doors. Like I've, I've met friends at stage doors. I'll say hi to people at stage doors, but I don't do the autograph thing. I pulled out that Wizard of Oz program and I took it to Studio 54 and I was the only person standing outside of that theater at all. And like just holding that program. Cause like, please. And yeah, I, I have it in plastic. It, it lives I bet there. She loved it. I bet she loved it. Is this it? <laughs> is it this one? Did you sell it on eBay? I am showing to them both. We have a playbill that's going to be a part of our giveaway. It is from when the Wizard of Oz was on tour with um, Jessica Grove's signature across on the front Ooh. of it. So this will be. A I love the art they used for the yeah. the little playbills. Like Dude, the playbill yeah. art is beautiful. It's, so it's sweet. the classic for looking at the Emerald City, the MGM known Emerald City. Their backs. The it's black and white black and except white. for the yellow brick road and the ruby red shoes and the rainbow and the rainbow that's just above Emerald City with the Wizard of Oz in a strong yellow and it's from Miami Miami yeah this oh, is Tampa. Tampa Tampa Bay Performing Arts Center Tampa Florida that's awesome what this playbill is. and another way that this production has inspired people if I had a nickel for every production I've seen or been in that copies that exact pose of the fast fab four looking at the emerald city as the end of act one tableau yeah i could buy so many more msg programs yes i mean yeah madison square garden gets a bio (laughs) of course and it's the longest bio in the program of course it is extra but paper mill got one too as they should, because it was yep. like, this was the production. Where's that Kelly Radke's <laughs> I know, for being photoshopped into these. Okay, just a little bit about MSG before we talk about Eartha oh. and um, Mickey and... Bob Dorian from uh, AMC as Uncle Henry. Yeah. Yes. He was the guy who used to be like, you're watching AMC. Up next, yes. the Broadway Frankenstein. Oh, and- well, yes. can, can we talk about the theater at Madison Square Garden just to set up what this experience was? Yes. yes, yes Has yes. anybody else been in the theater at Madison yes. Square Garden as an audience member? Yes. No. Yes. Well, yeah. Styles. Yes. You were at the so, theater? Or no, the court. You were on court. Are they different? Oh, there's yeah, a they're different. And- oh, they're different. I yeah. The theater the is, go for it, Joey. It's weird. Yeah. So you enter on 7th Avenue at street level to the box office. There is a set of double doors that welcome you to the theater at MSG or whatever it's called 
any given year, it's been through many sponsorships. You go up an escalator about three floors, and then you go down a very, very, very long, wide hallway into this massive lobby that looks like the lobby of a cineplex. And you're directed left or right to get into the theater. And you walk down these tunnels and back into the center and up into the center of a, I believe, 5,000-seat theater. Yeah, it's big. And, yeah, it's massive. And it's all on one level, stadium-style seating, all the way down front. The front part is flat floor where they can remove the seats and put in a boxing ring. And the stage is... platforms at the end of the room behind the proscenium that can be removed. There's no real orchestra pit or anything like that. And if you are, again, like I said, you start 34th and 7th and go up the three floors and down. If you're sitting in the front row, you are sitting on the ground level at 8th Avenue. So you go through this entire labyrinth to get to the theater. And for The Wizard of Oz, they turned it all into like a yellow brick road and displays and merchandise everywhere. And they had people walking the aisles selling popcorn and toys during the performance like it was the circus. Yeah, it's a circus. Wow. That's the way I That's would describe what it. Feels it. Like. It's like a movie theater meets circus experience That's when what you go I, to see yeah. anything there. That wow. is music. Yes. <gasps> yes. And, and so this is the setting where you are seeing Roseanne. In The Wizard of Oz. I did not know that there was a theater. <laughs> I was like, because I've been to the court and I was like, how did they transform the st- No, it's stage? a very sterile okay. theater. Is it, how big yeah. is it? 5,000 seats. 5,000 oh, 5, seats. 1,000? Yeah. See, I always yeah. was under the impression that it was, they just put up a little stage that popped up in the middle of the. No, there is a theater. And like, right. I saw Sarah Bareilles um, play there as well. At the well, theater? In the theater. Oh, I saw wow. her yeah. in the theater and on the court. Okay, I need to go to um, the theater. Yeah. And I saw Grinch at the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like Christmas Story, Grinch. Production on the court for that long because there's games. There's games. Yeah. <laughs> True. True. You know, they can't, they can't they have concerts. a long say. Only- I guess people actually use the Madison Square Garden for like sports. For like other sports. sports. And like Billy Joel. Football games. And Billy Joel once a month. Every, yeah. every month. You yeah. know, so th- this is the setting we find ourselves in for The Wizard of Oz. That is fascinating and so over the top, and I love now, it. Now, here is an um, anecdote about this show that I want to share before I forget. Um, so apparently in one of the early, produ- like I think it might have been during previews, you know, getting used to flying people in this space, apparently someone miscalculated one night and accidentally flew Roseanne into the wall I've during the cyclone, and she audibly said, the F-bomb into her microphone <laughs> and i know many of people who were there that night and it's lives in oz infamy <laughs> yes it's uh, that and roseanne's margaritas <laughs> yes and making margaritas under underground like under the stage what yeah. because what? so yeah be, because the the stage is just like platforming there's not a real substage there they didn't build platforming for her to melt into. She went through a trap door. And so she had to stay under the stage from the melt until she came up for curtain call. And the only reason she agreed to do it. Yeah. The only reason she agreed to stay there was uh, if they would put in a frozen margarita bar for her with a blender. So Roseanne would melt and then she would sit on the floor in full witch costume and start making margaritas in a blender that the orchestra and cast could hear on stage oh. during the wizard scene and Dorothy waking up in bed. They would just hear Roseanne's blender 
as she's making margaritas during the show. Good thing she did not have Twitter then. Now, <laughs> how big a star do I have to be before I can start putting that in my writer? Right. Like, give me my yeah. margarita. Like, next production I do is The Witch. I'm going to say, do I get a margarita bar after I melt? Where is it? Oh, my goodness. That is the best yeah. I've heard all day. Well, listen, Roseanne- I won't tweet bad things. Give me my margarita. Roseanne would melt <laughs> with this production, this original Rose- MSG production, and that would be it. She'd be that gone. Would be it. And then it would be remounted come 1998 again at MSG, this time with Mickey Rooney. Mickey! And Eartha Kitt. And then this Mickey would be Rooney. the tour. The tour would <laughs> that was more Tim Curry than Judy. I'm sorry. <laughs> this would take us into 1999. This MSG to tour production would go on for that amount wow. of time. So if you think about Jessica Grove, she would be attached to this show from 1997 to 1999. Wow. Now, just to read, because they're legends, just let's read the bios of our friends, Eartha Kitt. And Mickey Rooney, rest in peace to both of them because they are the, they are probably the craziest crossovers we could have That's come into Oz. Mickey, it's like, what? And I have two sound clips ready to go for us to celebrate them with. So we have Mickey Rooney, who has starred in more than 300 films, 100 television shows, and countless plays. In 1939, the year of the premiere of the film The Wizard of Oz, he and his favorite co-star, Stop. Judy Garland, received special Academy Awards for youth and film. Since 1938, he's been nominated five times for Academy Awards. His last nomination was in 1972 for Best Supporting Actor for his role of Henry Daly in The Black Stallion. In 1982, the Academy honored him with their highest achievement, the Lifetime Achievement Award. He made a stage debut at 18 months of age and his first film at age two, man in 1980 he made his broadway debut in the hit sugar babies with ann miller Miller. he returned to broadway in 1993 with larry gatlin and the will rogers follies will rogers follies highlights of his television career include emmy nominated performance in the comedian and bill for which he won the prestigious peabody award and the emmy an accomplished author he is had several best-selling books, including his autobiography, Life is Too Short, and the novel, The Search for Sunny Skies. <laughs> he's currently married to the noted singer. I mean, he's been married 80 million times. Oh, the noted singer. Currently married. I mean, he literally says, currently, currently, this is the flavor. This is my current. Jan Chamberlain Rooney. They reside in California with their menagerie. <laughs> their menagerie, what am I saying? With their menagerie of four dogs and five birds. Okay. And isn't... Jan, the one that got brought up on charges of elder abuse. Oh, <laughs> oh I don't dear. even know. I don't even know. That's one of his wife's was. I I can't remember if it was her or not. Okay. Oh, no. Just me... bringing up the tragedies. That's my job today. <laughs> <laughs> they are oh, so wow. He was married many times. Yes. Eight times. Ooh. I feel like him and Judy almost had like a bet. Like, which one of us can do it yeah, more? which one of us can go? Okay. Here's a little Mickey. What? Oh, joy. Rapture! I've got a brain! The scarecrow. How can I ever thank you? You can't. And you, my Judy, friend, you're bright because you think you have no courage. Back where I came from, we had men we called heroes. Heroes. Ha <laughs> ha! They had no more courage than you two. But they did have something you don't have. What's that? A medal. Not my friend. You'll just become a member. This is my favorite. Oh, and you, my galvanized friend, you, uh, you want a heart. 
Picky finger. Right? Don't you get it in your heart. Your heart should never be made until they can be made to be unbroken. Oh, but I still want one. Uh, you know, back where I came from, there were men that did good deeds every day. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. I think he's seeing red a little. But they have something you don't have. What's that? A testimony. So listen, everybody said about a friend. Heart is not judged by how many people you love. No, no. You judge your heart by how many people you love. I mean, he's just that voice is iconic to hear. I know it is. There is a reason why he has all those awkward pauses. He had an earpiece and there was someone backstage reading him his lines. Wow. He never learned his lines. They were fed to him. And one of my favorite stories I was told is one night, either his earpiece wasn't working or he got really confident and went off (laughs) on his own. Do this. And he very proudly proclaimed that until what time that I return, if any, I the scarecrow shall rule in my stead, assisted by the Tin Man and the Bear. The Bear, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the Bear, the Bear. I mean, he does look a little bit like a bear. That costume is yeah, very bear-like. I could see I it. See the I bet some audience members were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, it's bear." I just would have loved it if, like, instead of Ken Page being there, there was just some guy that they had gotten from a New York gay bar in a leather harness, like. <laughs> Hey, Hi. I'm George. Oh gosh. No. Amazing. I'm a friend of Dorothy. I mean, it's amazing. Legit. That is a very cool crossover. I've got to say. I love his entrances. He would just stand and bow on his when he would get entrance applause and just like wave to the audience. There was no fourth wall. You know None what? at all. It's He's fine. an entertainer. You can do He's whatever. an old vaudevillian, you know? I mean, we were lucky if there was a third wall with him. At that age, <laughs> you can do whatever you want on stage. Live your, live your yeah. Day. All right, Eartha. Miss Eartha Kitt, the Wicked Witch, Elmira Gulch, is one of a handful of performers to be nominated for the Tony Award twice, the Emmy Award and the Grammy Award twice. Eartha auditioned for and was awarded a position as a featured dancer and vocalist with the famed Catherine Dunham Dance Troupe. This appearance led to numerous engagements at Europe's finest clubs, where she met one admirer, Orson Welles, who called her the most exciting woman in the world, and later signed her to star with him as Helen of Troy in his acclaimed stage production of Dr. Faust. Best-selling records included Love for Sale, The Romantic Eartha, St. Louis Blues, and Folk Tales of the Tribes of Africa, for which she received a Grammy Award nomination. Favorites, Santa Baby and Ceci Bon, Ceci Bon, were released during this era. Miss Kitt made her return to Broadway in the dramatic play Mrs. Patterson, for which she received a Tony Award nomination. In addition to her films, Miss Kitt branched out into the medium of television, including Mission Impossible, I Spy, for which she received an Emmy Award nomination. And Batman, still in syndication, in which she was the infamous Catwoman. Yes. Miss Kitt's most recent television work includes guest appearances on The Nanny, Living Single, New York Undercover, Jack's Place starring Hal Linden, and USA Television Network's action series, Matrix. And Harriet the Spy. Continue. (laughs) You can also find Miss Kitt's trademark voice in a number of voiceovers, including commercials for Milky Way Light. 
I love her. And I love Skippy her. peanut butter and public service announcements in New York City taxi cabs dreams. Eartha Kitt is the national spokesperson for the Project on Growing, a program teaching homeless families to grow their own food and feed themselves. Wow. She's 71 years old and resides in New York. I just think of her iconic line in the Wild Party musical that would come not too long after this of just being, you know who invented the walk? I invented the I walk. I invented walk. I invented the walk. And how can she we forget Emperor's New Groove? Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> yes. She's fantastic. Um, here's a clip of her singing the Jitterbug because she would be the first <laughs> Wicked Witch. I love this. In that we know of to take on the Jitterbug as her own song. <laughs> so good and like how she slinks about the stage as she does she's this. so slinky yeah it's just something Ooh. she is phenomenal so that's the first time the wicked witch sang the jitterbug from what i know yes in, um, in any large production that i know of yeah i mean maybe a community theater somewhere yeah, did it sure. but do y'all do y'all like that like when i you- do i do you do? I do. I, I like that she gets to sing. I think it's fun. Yeah, and I mean, I've done productions where that's been added in. Yeah. And, and like, she gets to have maybe, like, I if I ever played this role and this was a part of the track for My Wicked Witch, uh-huh. I would hide the fact that I have this in me the whole time somehow. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a bust out. It's like, like we don't see this kind of coming. Because we, I think that's what's really cool about that she gets to be almost like a like a james bond villain yeah it does have that vibe yeah that feel and i love the orchestrations of this i think this is great i actually prefer this in the music musical stage adaptation to dorothy singing it i know that they'll take over they'll come on in as we go we go with the song but i prefer at least her starting it like i prefer it i think that's great because it's almost like she's puppeting them then yeah she's (laughs) casting the spell yeah i'm into it i love it yeah, go ahead. One thing I would love to see done with this song is have the witch start it. And then when it gets into the dance break, I want a wicked witch who's really good at scatting, which Eartha Kit would have been the perfect choice. And yeah. then the wicked witch does the scat. It's almost like it's an incantation to make them oh, dance. Oh, that's cool. Maybe it could be the like hippity pippity. Like it could be Epi Keki Pappy. Yes, yes, yes. Epi Peppy Keki. You know, I just read that for the Oz Club Halloween party. I should. I mean, that would be pretty great. I could work. I'd be so here for it. I mean, y'all, there is so much to talk about with this MSG production. I mean, it, it's it has a legacy yeah. a legacy yeah i'm not sure how long they were there but they were at the pantages theater in la and yeah. that's where they filmed the documentary yes. call yeah and yes rainbows witches and rubies slippers lions and and tigers by and jessica grove said so i feel I like that queued up to watch maybe i'm wrong but i feel like their stay in town kind of overlapped with warner brothers celebrating the 60th of the movie 
Oh. It might have. I don't know. I know there are pictures of the cast at Grauman's Chinese. And I don't know if that was their own press junket or if that was a crossover with the 60th. I also think that had something to do with this documentary. I think you're right. Like the documentary, I think, is celebrating the fact that Wizard of Oz turned a new age as Mm -hmm. well. And I, I will say I... I was in LA visiting a friend. My best friend was on tour and I went out to visit him for a week and they were playing the Pantages. And oh. I went to most performances of his show that week, but one performance, I just decided to wander Hollywood Boulevard and Grauman's is only a few blocks down from the Pantages. And I went and you're remembering what that the Oz premiere would have been like, but I walked through until I found Judy Garland's handprint and footprint yes. and I, I took the picture with my foot and my hand and I had an actual moment. Yeah, so. that's why that's there. How could you not? It's hard yeah. not to have a moment at Grauman's. Um, when I did the 75th anniversary with Warner Brothers for the movie, they had the party at Grauman's and they brought us out like the night before to just kind of do a walk through the space. And, you know, so the whole cast were like, here's Judy's like handprint. Yeah. And then the day of the show, like, you know, we got to, after we did all of our press stuff, you know, smile, stare directly into the California sun on the hottest day LA had seen in 20 years. Of course. Like, okay, y'all suffered. You can go sit in the back of the theater and watch the wizard of Oz in 3d. And this was like the world premiere of Oz in 3d and Leo, the lion came up and he roared. And I had this moment like, Oh my God, this is where people first saw the movie in 39. And now I'm here seeing the live 3D or the 3D version for the, and I'm, I'm trying not to cry because I've got scarecrow makeup on and I don't need these black streaks running down my burlap face. So I'm like, (laughs) and then there's a picture of all of us in our costumes with Judy's handprint. And it's like, it's hard not to get swept away by the romance in Hollywood in this space. Oh, Oh, for sure. How could you not? Also, I just have to say the fact that you experienced extreme heat, that is just an ongoing theme (laughs) of Oz. Of Oz. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, the Tin Man was in a metal costume. So, you know, he was like an easy big oven out there. Just a big potato. And we had like a big potato. And they had like original munchkins there too. And I'm like, "Um, can we get Ruth Duccini inside? Because it's like, really hot and she's like 90 so right, can, right. I love yeah. that is if you see the press photos you will actually notice me and lion are holding her because she was she was having a hard time like standing upright she sure. had to cut the the ribbon and so here's this little woman with these giant scissors so i'm holding her like elbow and i got my hand on her back and lion's on the other side doing the same because i'm like I think she was on the verge of heat exhaustion. Right, I oh, bet. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so I'm, cool you yeah, were there. I'm so glad you had this experience. Jealous. I mean, I, I, I wish we could spend more time talking about this whole MSG version of the show because it is Fantastic. stirring up a lot of yeah. And I love all these stories we're sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Just to put a, a nice bow on this episode, there's always so much to share. Something we're probably going to do on the Instagram when we're on our hiatus is just bring up um, productions that have happened across the nation, across yeah. the globe of Wizard of Oz, just doing shout outs once a week with different the ways with the Wizard of Oz, just to be for fun, because there's just been mm-hmm. so many productions. Mm-hmm. But just to cap with our RFC, there would be another Australian tour, and this would be starring the... Um, 
Australian pop singer, Nikki Webster, um, who is known for opening the 2000 Sydney Summer Olympics with her. And she had her hit single, Strawberry Kisses. So yeah. she was, it was having a star, having like an American Idol-esque star. Like that's what, what we tend to do here, having right. that happen in Australia, Australia. So she would headline that tour from 2001 to 02 in Australia. Then so we cool. would have another U.S. tour. This would be a network's non-union U.S. national tour. Um, it was also during the film's 70th anniversary. So that is to note. Um, it was a mess of a production. I don't know if anyone saw it. So I saw it several times. I was... didn't see it, but it did come through the theater in my hometown. I, I remember like it. rehearsing for something. And in the lobby, there was a television or a monitor where they were playing the actual production happening. And I watched a bit of it. And I remember being like, why don't I like this? Because <laughs> like, well, I was it, 16. It was also time. a British production. Mm, yeah. There it is. That's what I'm reading here. It was um, the set and costumes themselves were adapted from the UK's Mayflower theater adaptation. Oh. They were very wicked. Like, just Glenda was blue. Like, I don't like when it. When it opened. Yeah. It feels a little I, like too Lisa Frank. <laughs> like Lisa that, Frank. That, that's like Lisa Frank attack of, and of the, yeah. the witch had like a Halloween city nose that like no. you could almost <laughs> expect to see a string because it was yeah. so like it wasn't the same oh shade God. of green. It was so long and pointy. Yikes. Um and <laughs> Glinda's bubble was a ripoff of Wicked's. It was like it was. the beautiful cog in here. And someone said now, it yeah. looks like Glinda's bubble in Wicked, if Glinda's bubble in Wicked was made out of popsicle sticks and threatened <laughs> to throw the actress into the pit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We should note though that this production did it reintroduce kids to Oz. That's always sure. what these productions yeah. or do sure. and have parents go back to see something that mm-hmm. they have a nostalgic relationship with. So it did keep that up. I mean, the tour ran 2008 to 2012. That's I'm sure. Yeah. Pretty big. No and doubt. it was, yeah, it was another tour where they would bring in local kids who would play munchkins. Yep. Like every, every adult ensemble member would be a munchkin, but then they would be assigned two children who they would kind of guide through the scene. And then they would double as Winkies later. And as that tour went on, they, they continually redesigned and rebuilt things to be a little bit closer to MGM. They did end up making Glinda pink. They did change Dorothy's pinafore to match the MGM as it went on. So they, they were, they were cognizant of the American audience as, as the tour started. Right, right, right. I have to say, I remember probably like 2009, I was a senior in high school and I was, I saw an audition breakdown for this in New York and I lived in California. I, I was like, please, can I just fly to New York? And I was literally obsessed. Like I have to go audition for this. Parents said no. (laughs) Well, and they had really weird casting requirements because I did consider auditioning for Scarecrow because I was a senior in high school when it came out. And I'm like, okay, let me go audition. But like for, to be one of the fab four, you had to be like 30. Oh, interesting. I mean, really? I guess that goes to what it was. Well, and I think, no, yeah. And I think a lot of it was also, they didn't want to deal with green actors. They wanted people who were experienced and ready to go. They didn't want to do child labor law, you know. Right, right, That's right. actually quite hard to do though, non-union wise to get it is. seasoned 30 year old actors who, who, are, who are, have not joined the union yet. Yeah. And it's not impossible. Our, we've worked, we've worked with amazing older oh, actors yeah. who are non-union. For sure. Um but it's, it's a big ask. Definitely a hard, it's a hard ask for a million reasons. A million reasons of just the schedule being usually brutal on these non-union. Yeah. yeah. And the, 
the call out was weird altogether because Dorothy's casting call called for a tomboy. Oh, interesting. They're trying to maybe spice it up. Spice it up. Yeah, they call, like, it, we have a unique take on this. <laughs> called for a tomboy, and then like Scarecrow's age group, they're like, I think I don't think you had to be thirty, but I think it was like you had to be at least like twenty one. And then it was like Scarecrow must be able to play thirty five to forty five, and I'm like, wow. Why does Scarecrow need to be that old? Interesting. I bet you they cast 20 year olds. They probably did. I, when I was non-union, I was a 20 year old, like 40 year old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember yeah. Aunt M being like some very young woman. She was very young. Makeup I, and then yeah. slipping into her white wig to be glad. I get it. Yeah. I, when I was in for Mamma Mia, um, the when, when it first like went non-equity when I was non-union, I think I was, oh, I, I remember. So I was in for all of the dynamites and I, was practicing the winner takes it all and like doing a self tape for it. Cause I was away on another gig and I just remember being like, I'm only 24 and just like letting that <laughs> live out. Cause that I was like, feels this feels, right. I was like, I can't find this song. Like I remember being like, this song is not living in me. I don't have the depth yet to right. Right. make sense no. of this, but here we are. She's make trying. Yeah. She's and trying. I had, I had several friends who did that networks tour of wizard of Oz. And so that's how I first saw it at Madison square garden. And I still have those people in my life. That's amazing. Aww, I love that. And now they're going to hate me for saying that I didn't like this. No. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Like, we, we, we talk about it and tease about it. But um, you know, uh, my friend Brian Bailey was in it. He understudied Scarecrow and Lion, I believe. Tommy Martinez, who went on to do the original Company of Newsies and Kinky Newsies. Boots. Yeah. He was on that tour as well. Like, there, there, were, there were some people that went through. Cassio Kenka, the original Dorothy, was from... Legally Blonde, The Search for Elle Woods, and yes. she went on to do Bonnie and Clyde and Wicked and all yeah. sorts of other things. I, re- I remember when they announced her as Dorothy and I'm like, oh my God, because they had portrayed her as the villain in Search for Elle Woods. That's like, always how it happened. It was packaged, like the way they edited all her scenes was they packaged her as like the antagonistic Cassie. Isn't that funny? I think my friend from college... Kelly Carter. We used to sing a song called Kelly Carter, Kelly Carter, the amazing dramaturg, because she always knew everything about every show. So that's for my friend Kelly. I think she was like the closing Glinda on this. Oh, cool. I think because she did it right out of we got out of school in 2010 and this went to 2012. I think she booked it right after college. So I but I didn't even, I'm not even, that like dot just came flying back in my face that this would have been the production, I guess. Right. Wow. Because then we have this 2017. This is the last like notable big production of this Royal Shakespeare company, the Prather Entertainment version of the going back between this, we will get into this soon, would be the Andrew Lloyd Webber tour would have happened here in the 2016. 2015 2016 mm-hmm. time frame yeah. but now 2017 everyone is like going back to the royal shakespeare company right. so we had that final u.s tour which i believe ran through 2018 closing remarks on our prather entertainment tour yeah, it, dinner theater in western <laughs> yeah just like dinner theater in western pa they did it they have a touring branch and they put out one tour a year yes. and they decided to send out oz and it was the they took the package from networks and they augmented them with some new stuff and sent it out. It went out for about two years. They took it to Saudi Arabia, which is interesting because yeah, you have to, when you go to Saudi Arabia, you have to abide by cultural norms. So Dorothy had to be placed in long sleeves and tights because she can't show skin. So that, that production did take Oz to some new places. 
That's cool. Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I did not know that. Yeah, That's and it went important. to China too, I believe, and I think it got cut short because of COVID. Oh, really? Oh. It got yeah. I remember seeing built like posters that were that show. At least they were at least advertising it as that show in China. But confusing it was like, with Asian tours because sometimes the marketing like our faces were used for things that we weren't a part of right. for <laughs> sister act, <laughs> and vice versa. We had right. people who were not in our cast. It gets confusing. Yeah, to fall. It's kind of like this this Photoshop mess that you all pointed out. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, like we just that. need to make just, it work. We need to make it work. It's fast. Like let's just, just put it out. There's people. The people don't. They don't care who are coming no, to see no, the show. No. But, also, but I think us, it matters. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I think when they they did rent the network package early but i think they did eventually replace some of it wholesale like i think yeah fab four they, got whole new costumes down the road yes oh wow yeah wow okay amazing well tara and i met the dorothy we did we talked about this a while back on the pod yeah we met in a random new york restaurant. i don't know if she's a dorothy the entire time of this tour but we were at a, another slipper hood sis her like a, a hang that she was having it was one of the first times her and her husband andrew dotto um and brendan her husband um, they came back to the city after, after the pandemic. After the pandemic. So they had a bunch of people gather and we were just sitting next to the girl who played Dorothy <laughs> on this tour. And she was very sweet and lovely. Yeah. And her another guy was there who was Yeah, I think he was I think he was Nico. Yeah, Nico. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool. Like it's you never know who's you never done, know. Who's done Oz somewhere. But you had said it felt like it was more dance centric, like strong dancing. Yeah. I, in think, this production. I think so. Like the dancing was definitely highlighted. Yeah. From, from what I understand, I, I get to know one or two people that did the tour. It was a little bit more dancey. They want, they expected a bit more from the ensemble oh, members in that department. Okay. No park cool. and bark. Cool. Not I really. Heard, no. I heard jitterbug was like a thing. Like, Ooh. Oh, fine. I'm, I'm here, here for it. I'm here for it. And not, I, I will go with Jules concert being the best of that. Cause it's dancing that normal people can do. I like you know the I mean? swing style. Too. I'm so yeah. over sometimes that, okay, just because you have one production number does not mean a backflip. Even I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I loved every second of Carolina change. I just recently saw that. It's one yeah, of my favorite musicals. So I love good. the revival, but when that little boy did a tumble pass, I was like, <laughs> why? Just cause he could do it. I don't want to see it. I don't need to see the circus all the time in musical theater. I feel theater. like we're slowly getting away from it. I, I feel like there was so. a time like in the maybe early 2010s when it was like, oh, you must God, tumble. You to, like I was like, do tumble. I need to learn to tumble to do this? Yeah. And now I feel like it's waning. I hope so. I, I get so annoyed. That was the time this. of like, bring it on, you know? Right, I, right. I once did Wizard where the director or the choreographer asked me, can you do a back handspring combo in Jitterbug? And I'm like, no. I'm not a, I'm not a gymnast. Um, that should have been asked in the dance call. Right. So what they ended up doing was they ended up having a double <laughs> costume for me. And so like, I'm dancing with the jitterbugs and I go off into the wings and then here comes this like 15 year old gymnast. Like, and it's like, I'm five ten, and this girl was like five three, And I'm like, okay, so Scarecrow just shrunk in that 40 seconds, but it's all fine. If you really want that tumbling pass, that's what it's going to have okay. to be. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, if you want Scarecrow to break their neck and then just yeah. that be I, the part of the show, maybe we could do it. I'll never forget this. This was a couple years back. I was in for a regional production of Beauty and the Beast. They were having me read for like everything. Because I think they liked what I was doing, but did not know where to place me. 
I look at myself in the mirror too. And I'm like, I don't really know where you I could fit. be so many. And I, I'm that. not perfectly like what they like envision. I think for each role, like I was in for Babette, the silly girls, blah, blah, just reading all these different parts, maybe covering Mrs. Potts. And yeah. then at the very end, they were like, Tara, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Last question for you. Would you be okay doing jump splits? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely jump splits. not. And that was it. And then I never heard of it. I was like, I can't, like I learned my lesson doing sister act at North shore, which was, I think I was 27, eight, like, you know, not, I, I, here's the thing. My dance career has slowly died because (laughs) people don't cast me in dance roles. Like I'm, I used to be a decent dancer, like a strong mover, but now people just don't cast me in that stuff. So I don't dance as much, especially since I used to. I'm oh dear God! Like, I, I don't even know what like would come out. Years. Could I even balance? Like I don't even know <laughs> what would happen. But like I, I think that I was asked to do in that show a comedic split as one of the nuns, <laughs> and I said split. sure. I said I could do that. I could do a split, and oh my God, I, I have not walked the same since. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, my body is not meant to. Why do is this. a nun doing <laughs> splits? Because we can, honey. That's the thing. Because this is musical theater. Because that's that's what I'm talking about. We got to get away from like, just because tricks are exciting and they get like an easy, I think it's a cheap applaud. I really do. I think it's the cheap, you know, like. And I enjoy it it as an audience member. I don't though. I I get get mad when it just comes out of nowhere. Because you're like, what is this actor going through? How are they destroying their body for our entertainment right now? Right. Like, what is the yeah. right? Like, I I will purchase a ticket to see the circus if I want to see that or Cirque du Soleil yeah. or Cirque du Soleil or a dance company. Like, that's what that is for. And they do less shows typically, right? Like, dance yes. companies do less shows because of the strain on their body. Right. Don't make someone do this eight times a week. That's crazy. I, I bet the little boy in Carolina Change loves it though. Oh, he's fine. He's, he's like he's a baby. So... Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah when you're a child, you're like, it. I can back handspring for days. Yeah, you're like... fine. But I was like, would that kid be able to do that elegant version? When he was 18. <laughs> no, no, like the kid, the character. I was like, it was an elegant pass. I was like, would he have been able this this kid? Like, sure, he could probably do it, but it was just such an elegant he pass has that I was been like, to gymnastic lessons. I was like, no. It's, it's like, hey, kid, enjoy it now because when you're doing it, you're gonna put wear and tear on your body, and right, right. by the time you're the 18, price. you're gonna feel like a 2001 Toyota Corolla. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's. One of the reasons in my early 30s now I'm transitioning into the witch because I put so much strain on my body being scarecrow as a teenager and a young adult. I mean, when I did my last production as the scarecrow in 2015, I was able to do a high kick, hold my leg and fall into the splits. If you ask me to do that now. No, I would split in half because estrogen has wrecked my body and <laughs> I have joint pain. I have, you know, like, oh, there's no way I could barely works. do any of that stuff then. Like, that's the thing. My body is never been meant to do any kind of like, I don't know. My body died in Jeff Shade's dance class. <laughs> my body has never been able to do this stuff elegantly. Never, ever. <laughs> it's always been like such work and like pain. Even when I was young, it was not easy. Yeah, we're, ending, we're say, ending this episode in knee pain will be caused by doing tumble passing. This was for the nineties, eighties kids. Yeah, this, this, this episode totally was for that. And like, what magic is made when you see red on stage? Seeing red, <laughs> the ruby red slippers yeah. in your <laughs> eyes. Red slippers, y'all. Thank you so much for joining this us. So we fun. are going to keep partying on the Instagram with all of the souvenir programs. Any other things that come up? Because I know to 
condense this down even we're not even condensed <laughs> this has been a long conversation but to condense three it, hours it's impossible <laughs> it's impossible yeah this week's episodes were like six hours total yes <laughs> But and, you know we, and we were going fast. We were you know trying. What? We're not going to be back yeah. until April. So everyone yeah. take your time. Take your time with take this. Your yeah. time. Enjoy, Enjoy it. Enjoy oh. it. Yeah. Yes. We love you guys Thank so you. much. Thank love you. Love Thank you too. Thank you. Oh, this is so fun. This is so fun. I feel oh, just so grateful. Oh, these last couple Eartha. of days have just been really Aussie special. Like with this and like the Patreon party yesterday. Like, that was so like, fun. I was crying listening to that radio. I know. Adaptation. And the ho- I think the holidays add a special layer to yes, us. Like too. I'm just feeling that like holiday cream come on top of the cake. Ding, ding, it's ding. just like mm. yeah. Can we just have Zoom calls because I now love having these conversations. I feel like we could just talk about odds for hours yes, on it. I know. I that's love it what so. We want to do. I mean, that's what you three are now my best friends. You got to call me every five minutes. <laughs> every time you see something Judy Garland, you got to send me a snap about it. Oh, Let's I would do, do it. it, please. On May 17, 1900, the very first copies of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum were printed. Deemed one of America's first original fairy tales, the book has been adapted several times on the stage and screen. In the 120 years since the book was first published, 39 more official sequels were written, and The Land of Oz became the center of many films, scripts, and short stories, in and out of the canon. Join me, Justin Peavy, as I explore this iconic franchise, reading every book, taking a deep dive into some of the lesser-known installments, and comparing adaptations to their respective source material. The wonderful recap of Oz is now streaming on all major podcast platforms. For more info, you can follow me on social media at Oz Recap. Thank you so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. If you are feeling frisky with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing rate and review. Each person who leaves us a review will be entered to win our end-of-the-season Oz giveaways, Mm. including a gift basket of musical adaptation goods, which, trust me, you aren't going to want to miss. All previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We see you. Until next time, catch us at Down the Yellow Brick Pod in our Technicolor scrapbook on IG and partying on our Patreon. Gratitude to our patrons of present and future for making more magic possible. Let's escape to Oz soon, okay? TTYL. <laughs>